Thank you. I was enjoying the worship. I didn't want it to stop. Did you enjoy it? Did you feel the presence of God? Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship. Let's continue to thank God for His presence, friend. More than anything in this life, Lord, we long is Your presence, Lord. More than anything our hearts crave, Lord, we crave to be with You, Lord. And this morning, Lord, we thank You for the Spirit of Your presence, Lord. Lifting up our hearts, taking away the despair and distress from our lives, Lord. Assuring us that you love us, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Continue to build that worship heart within us, Lord. Continue to strengthen our worship through this year, Lord. Be with us this morning, Lord. We need you, Lord. We do really need you, Lord. It's not the words we hear that matters, Lord, but it's the heart that we receive from you that matters, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Come bless us, Lord. Come lift up our spirits, Lord. Open our ears. Open our hearts. That God, we want to receive your word, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Take your seat, church. Hallelujah. It's so good. I was almost going to, to heaven with that worship. It's so beautiful. Rebecca has a beautiful voice. You have a beautiful worship team. Isn't worship really wonderful? It's beautiful. It's like a medicine to a broken spirit. Amen? Worship is medicine to a broken heart. Someone said worship is the uplifting of a broken spirit. Amen? And this morning, I want to wish you Happy New Year. It's still eight days. Still can wish Happy New Year. Amen? Happy New Year, guys. I hope you had a good Christmas service because this year Christmas was on the... Sorry. No, no. New Year's was on the 1st of January. Wasn't it true? And it was a Sunday. Hallelujah. God is good. You know, I came in, I wish Pastor... Agus, I wish everybody, I talked, talk, and then suddenly I want to go to the toilet. Eh? So I, I was saying, better go early, otherwise halfway through service, how can? So when I went to the toilet, I did, I think, I combed my hair. Can you see the difference? <laughs> Cannot. I say, so sad. Eh? As I came out of the toilet, I heard this song, Rebecca was saying, are you worthy of your name? And I actually wrote a sermon today on how worthy is Jesus to you. Don't talk about anything. To you, how worthy is Jesus? Number one, number two, number 22, number... How worthy is Jesus to you this year? When I walked out, I was so shocked. I haven't sent the sermon to Pastor Agus. I haven't, but when that word worthy hit me, I knew in my heart, God has a word for you today, church. We sing worthiness of God, good. We declare, good. We speak, good. We read, good. But truly, how worthy is God to you? Abba Father, 
take this word, seal in our hearts. And if that word is for our heart and our soul, I pray, dear Lord, that that word would work in this life today, Lord. In Jesus' name, I believe, I claim, and I take authority, Lord, on that word, that you are worthy, Lord. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Somebody asked me one day at a Bible class, Pastor Miso, who wrote Philippians? Did Philip write Philippians? No, he wrote Paul. Sometimes we get confused with the titles of the books and the authors. But Philippians is a beautiful book, an epistle. We, I like to use the word epistle. Epistle is a living one. It's life. Amen? It's life. And in this portion, Paul talks about Paul himself, who was one Saul. And in this few verses we're going to read, he declared, Paul declared from his heart who Jesus is to him. Do you know Paul loves Jesus a lot? Not too many years before he loved Jesus, he loved to persecute Christians. He traumatized the church. He attacked the leader. He tore down every possible work of God until one day, I've been to Israel and I visited the road, the Damascus road. I just wanted to go to Damascus. I wanted to feel how Paul felt on that day. On that road. One quiet, hot afternoon. A normal day for Paul on his road to do his business. As he writes, unknown to this man Saul, the Lord God Almighty had a plan. Do you know God has a plan for each one of our lives? You may have your plan. You can write your plan. You can do all you want. But remember, He has the ultimate say on the plan of your life. Right? Paul going, so happy to go and do the business. And on that day, something happened. It changed Saul to Paul. You know, one day I was drink, thinking, what name should I change? And the Lord said, don't change your name, just stay there. <laughs> you know, I also feel I want to change my name. Huh? Don't know what name, also cannot find. And the Lord said, just stay there, don't change your name. Don't confuse me. He said, please, keep your name. But Paul got zapped. You know, God is still in the business of zapping. Hey, hello, God is still in the business. Someday you sit in your quietness, in your room, in your house, and God will zap you through whatever your God, electronics, and tell you, I love you. I am more than enough to you than anything of this world. Maybe we need a zap from God eh, to wake us up. I heard 52 sermons, I'm still the same. Every Sunday come to church, sing this song, sing that song, hear the message, also go out the same. No change. Maybe I change from eating here, I eat there. That's all we change. This Sunday, kita pergi sana makan. Don't the food good? We never change. And so sad. Because if you go on like this, the day will come when you stand before Jesus and then you recognize I miss the change. Every year is an opportunity to make a change. I don't believe in resolution. Let me tell you, honestly, I don't care. Even though I got a legal break, I don't believe in resolution. You know why? You make today, tomorrow you break. 
And then you say, sorry, Lord. I will start next year. Next year comes the same thing. True or not? Let's be honest. I don't believe in resurrection. I, every year I sit down when the year comes, I ask this, Lord, how far and how deep have I got to you as from last year? How far, how deep am I, Lord, in knowing you, Lord? I don't want to make plans. I don't like making plans I cannot fulfill. And then you get disappointed, you feel guilty, and then you repent. Repent for what? I don't want to repent. What I want to do is I recognize my weakness. I, I cannot. But I allow God to allow me the grace to slowly get closer to Him. Amen. And here Paul on that road, God zaps this man. You know why? God already had a plan for Saul to be Paul, the great apostle, the great missionary that will take the word of God to the most difficult places and meet the most difficult people. And Paul gets zapped. And from that day, his life is changed. His mission is changed. His hunger has changed. His thirst has changed. His whole desire. That drive, you, know, you know what drives us is our desires. Some people are so obsessed with power. Power kills them. Some people are so obsessed with wealth. Wealth destroys them. What is your obsession for this year? What is the obsession? I'm going to read to you Philippians chapter 3. Paul talks, you know, if you know chapter 3, Paul tells us about his, who he is. Pedigree, Roman. Oh, he talks about his superiority achievements. Amen? Some of us like to boast, huh? Dulu-dulu, huh. saya ini. Dulu-dulu gone already. Dulu-dulu finish. Nobody know who dulu-dulu. We like to boast. Last time. Hey, hello. Last time gone. How about this time? What about this time? God is not the God of last time. Amen? God is the God of now. The present time. Paul tells us who he was. He said, I was so proud who I was. He was a Hebrew. He had a chief. He's of pure blood. Hey, how many of us pure blood? Eh? Now all champo already. Yesterday somebody, or yesterday... Pastor Mitchell, are you pure German? I said, cannot. My father German, mother Portuguese. How to be pure? My wife Chinese, my kid also trampo. I don't know, no more pure. But Paul said, I am of pure blood. You know, it's a rarity. Huh? How many people, even Indonesian is not pure Indonesian. Got Dutch mix, got this mix. Some don't know what they mix. Some cannot unmix already. Paul said, Paul was boasting of his achievement. You know, I tell you, the day your achievement causes your head to be big, your heart becomes small before God. Don't let this one become big. Let this one become big. And Paul was telling in the early chapter, he had confidence, he had his own efforts, circumcised, such a religious man. Sometimes I think as Christians, we've got to stop boasting. Eh? Even when God bless you, don't boast. 
That's the worst thing to do. When God bless you, the simple reason and the simple heart of God is because you become a channel to take that blessing to another. And the day you do that, you open the rivers of blessing that God will flow through you. The day you clock that, God stop blessing you. Blessing is not to make you proud, sombong. No, no, no. Blessing is to be that channel that said, Lord, use me that I may touch him. Paul was showing the natural man. We all do that. You know, when I was young, I had that arrogant attitude in my heart. I had double promotion in school. Primary school got promotion. Secondary school also got double promotion. I don't know, maybe the teacher liked me. Eh? Maybe I carry the teacher here, carry everywhere. But I had double. And I like to boast. I don't need boast. Until one day, my pastor told me, Pastor Miso, he said, listen, eh? you think you're smart. I said, no. They said, why you always talk about it? You didn't do anything, he said. You didn't do anything. God did everything. If you want a boss, boss about him. How true. Paul boasted. Paul told us. But I like the second part. He said, I once thought, he said this one in verse 7. He said, I once thought these things were, were what? Valuable, but now I consider them worthless. He said, at one time, I thought all these achievements were whew, very good. But now, after being zapped, after getting to know Jesus, I count it all not valuable. You know what? You know, it's not easy for a man or woman to say that. I achieved. No, I counted dung. He used the word dung, eh? cow dung. But he said not valuable. Then suddenly, you see the change of Paul's language from a man so proud now from, to a man so humble. Humble. Because on that road, apparently, if you study well, theologians say, not only did God change the outside of Paul, he did an inside change. What was dear became no longer his desire. What was earthly was taken out and God put a spiritual heart just like David. A new heart do I give unto you. You know, all our cravings come from the heart. All our sombong and pride come from, not from here, from here. Think about it. Here. I want. I want. How come he got I don't have? I want. I want more. All I want is here. When God did the transformation, they called it a spiritual transformation of Paul on the road of Damascus. In one zap, God changed. Takes people, you know, in drug ministry I work, when you have done three years of drug taking, complete three solid years, it takes ten years to change you. For every three years, it takes ten years of recovery and rehabilitation to change. But God in one zap, soup, change everything. Do you know that? That's why we never say the drug addict is clear. Ten years. The sediment of the drug in there lives for ten years. Because it has weakened your willpower, it has weakened your emotion, it has weakened you. It takes 10 years of emotional development. Paul, one zap, change. I think the people around also couldn't believe. 
Saul became Paul. And then he cries out in verse 7, all that I thought were valuable, all that I thought valuable, I see it as nothing. I see it. You know what Paul was saying? The things that were so worthy to me are now unworthy. But you have become the most worthy thing of my heart. And then Paul goes on to say, eh? he said, in verse 8 he says, and, the, and you know he said, value of knowing, the first thing he said, when I gave up all that, my first desire is I want to know you. Church, my New Year's resolution is I want to know you more. Simple. No thesis, no structure. No, just I want to know you, Lord. 44 years this year, I got saved in 1973. My mathematics is not that good. Huh? But nevertheless, I got saved in 1973. In 1978, I went to Bible school and I served God from 19. I love God. And I still am hungry and desperate to know more. Not from a theological platform, not from a dogma, not from doctrinal, all the cry of my heart that I may know you more, Lord. I don't need a reference, I don't need a recommendation. I have the right to stand before you and cry out, Lord, I want to know you. Paul says that, that I may know you. A man who had achieved, now wants to know something, he thought he knew the Bible. He was a scholar under the rabbis. He learned the Word of God. Hey, some of us are learned, you know. God is not looking for learned people. God is looking for students. Amen? The day you think you learn enough, you finish. That's why we call this discipleship. Discipleship is a lifelong exercise or journey with the Lord. I heard somebody tell me, Pastor Mitchell, I finished, I graduated from my discipleship class. I said, you graduated from the class, but you haven't changed anything. Now go. Live that life. Show the learning and the knowledge and the experience brought out into your life. That's what Paul says. I know. Now I want to know him. I pray the cry of your heart this year is I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you. You know, somebody said, your heart is the most expensive real estate. How many of you are real estate people? You sell houses, land, rivers, or whatever you sell. <laughs> Certain districts, the land is so expensive. And so only the rich can buy and build rich houses. You have the most expensive real estate in your heart. What are you building in them? The richest of my real estate is my heart. I want to build something good and that is the knowledge of my God. I'm not going to let Satan have that property. It's expensive. I'm not going to let the world have that. It's expensive. No cheap building is going to come up there. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know him. If you read that Bible in its original text, you feel the intensity, the cry of a man who had so much, now count it useless. I want to know God. I want to know Jesus. Is that your desire? Because you know what Paul was saying now? All those things that were worthy, I removed. Christ becomes number one. 
Amen? Christ becomes the number one worthiness of my life. You are worthy, Lord, because you saved me. You are worthy, Lord, because you transformed me. You are worthy, God, because you are my life. You know, life is such an important thing, friend. I came back. My, I have a brother that's almost going back home in Singapore. We went to see him. I prayed for him. And I know he's going to go. And for me, the greatest gift is that God will take him back to God because we belong there. And then you begin to see, and I look at him, life. What is life? You can have all the treasures and all the secular successes. The day you die, he dies. You cannot take your diploma or degree and say, hey, hello, St. Peter, I got degree. Which house I stay? Eh? I got double degree. I got PhD. No wonder your head is broken, he said. You got permanent head damage. <laughs> nothing, friend, nothing. It all dies there. The only thing you take is the love of God. That God loves me. You know, people still are afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death, but I'm concerned about the way I die. True or not? I'm not a coward. I'm ready to go. But Lord, give chance a bit. Don't so, don't so, so painful one. Huh? Maybe Tido, boop, bangun. Hey, heaven, hallelujah. <laughs> no, seriously. Do you agree with me? We all know. I've seen my own loved ones suffer to death. And I cry, say, Lord, Why? You know, whatever we have will die here. Will die. But what we take is that spirit and soul of the Lord God with us. And that's why Paul says, I want to know you. Before anything happens, before me, I want to know that the confidence, the assurances I have from you will prepare me that I could say this for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Only a man who knows God could say words like that. For me to live is Christ and to die is again. Paul says, I want to know him. This morning, I want to share three little points. I don't have a sermon written. It's written in my heart. I live with this sermon. There are three things I always hold dearly to my life. I don't care what God, I don't care about my status in life. I don't, these three points I hold dearly as a Christian pastor, as a man of God, as just a believer, I hold these three dearly to my heart. Because if I say, I'm word, Lord, you are worthy, then I must live a life that show. Amen? Too many Christians talk, never walk, still sitting in wheelchair, still got somebody caring. The Lord doesn't want us to talk, but to walk that talk. You call me Lord. He said, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you. But the Bible said that. He said, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you. Then why call me Lord? But I live with these three things constantly. In my quest, in my hunger and quest to know God more, I live out these three things. Number one, I make sure my life is a life of worship. Not, I am not a singer. I told Rebecca, where's Rebecca? Where, ah, I said, Rebecca, you give me half your voice, I can sing the whole night. But I can't sing. I'm not a singer, but I'm a worshipper. Do you understand? I don't need the music to make me a worshipper. I am a worshipper. I worship God in spirit and in truth. 
I want to live a life of a worshipper. Worshipper is somebody who is conscious of your life. You don't do things to hurt the one you love. Husband, don't hurt your wife. Wives, don't hurt your husband. Don't create hurts. I'm mindful, I'm conscious, I'm always aware people are watching me. I'm very popular, you know. Serious, I'm not joking. More popular than Michael Jackson. You know why? My soul is fought by two of the greatest forces, by darkness and light. God fought for my soul. Amen? He fought for you. He fought the mighty forces, how popular you are, that they won your soul. But God said, no, He belongs to me. And therefore, I'm mindful how I live my life. I'm not a perfect... Sometimes I get angry on the road when I'm driving. I tell me, what that kind of driver? You better go back and learn again. See, same, I always... Why so slow? Yeah, 80, 60. Come on, overtake. <laughs> My wife said, see, you know, uh, why are you so slow, bro? You can read or not. 80, huh? You go 60, cannot. I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm very conscious of my weakness. Let me tell you, you and I will live with that weakness till the day we meet God. That's when we become strong. Amen? We have weakness. God brought weaknesses into our life to bring us the reality that we are not God, we are man. But live a life of a worshipper. Be faithful to your calling. Be faithful to your Lord. Be faithful to what God puts in your hand to do. Be faithful. A worshipper is a person of faithful, great faithfulness. Even I don't have, I will live my life for God. Because I am a worshipper that lives a life in the truth of God. And I am conscious about this. How people watch me. Because I'm a testimony. People don't like, today people don't read books. Huh? Yesterday I was at a bookshop, I bought a book to read. I love Agus. You know? Agus is the one who always passes me. So take two books, take three books. Oh, I say like student like that. Read, read. And I love to read. Because I found out that a lot of our lives, while we are talking and walking, people are reading you. Chapter one in Yari, yeah, yeah. Pass me so. Hey, chapter two pun sama juga. Eh? Hey, chapter three sama juga. They haven't changed. People are reading us every day. You call yourself a Christian? People read you. One day I was sitting in a cafe and the lady approached me and said, You are you are you a priest? I said, Maybe look like priest. Bota bota also like a priest. <laughs> but I said, I'm not a priest. She said, then I asked her why. She said, Every time you come here, I see you praying. And then you pray for people. I, I sit in the cafe. The cafe is my office. I do counseling, yes. I do prayer. I listen to people. And then I thought, wow. Somebody is watching you. You know, when I was young, there's a TV program called Candid Camera. I don't know, maybe you didn't. Huh? That time I got hair, now no hair. But the program I still remember. It's Candid Camera. When you're unknown, they snap you. And I thought, and then she looked, and I became friends. Because of that, she told me, I, I, I'm a Christian. I own this cafe. Every time you want to come, Pastor, sit here, Ken. And then slowly became free coffee also. <laughs> See, then I told her, no, if free coffee, I don't want. I don't want to take advantage of that. Yes, the lady, when I didn't come because my wife was sick, she called me. 
Pastor, I haven't seen you for so many weeks. How are you? Are you sick? I said, no, I'm okay. My wife's sick. Then I thought, just by one side, people watch you, friend. You call yourself a Christian. You hallelujah. You just, outside there, you better hallelujah. <laughs> I live this consciously. My life is a worship life. I can't sing, but I can touch your life with my life. Amen? Some of us are blessed with a blessed gift that we sing. Let me tell you, the greatest instrument in all our worship is your voice. Think about it. Your voice is the greatest instrument. If you have all the music but you can't sing, you can't praise God. Amen? The Bible says if you don't praise God, the rocks will praise. The guitar cannot talk to God. The voice, declare with your voice. Your voice is powerful. And I always use my voice. I can't sing, but I talk. <laughs> Hallelujah. My way of singing is talking. Eh? Sometimes people say, hey, Pastor Michel, so long you talk already. <laughs> but worship, friend, watch it. Wherever you go, you do the unknown to you, somebody is watching you. One day on the road, I was driving, and my weakness is on the road. You know, I come from Germany, I drive. Germany, no speed limit. Boo, boo, boo. Can go. The lake go through the castle, can go. And then, yeah, you drive some people, are you 80, 50? Are you? And then one day I was driving and I got upset. I wind the window down and I told the driver, you, do you know how to drive? <laughs> really, I asked, I said, do you know how to drive? He said, yeah, yeah. And then he went. After that, when I parked, the driver is my church member. <laughs> See that? He's on my board. He said, Pastor Bishop, I'm very sorry. I said, I said, brother, listen. Down there, 80, you 50. I want to go to church. I will reach there tomorrow. <laughs> and then, lit then, the word went round. Pastor Michel, hey, when you drive, you see Pastor Bishop, be careful. <laughs> see, I just my way. I said, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes uh, God will find you or he'll catch you, you know. Yeah. But the, he's a good friend. He's my good friend. But he very frightened to drive next to me, he said. <laughs> but I want to live my life. You know, I make mistakes. And I think when I make a mistake, I don't hide. I don't pretend. I acknowledge. And I say, Lord, that's my weakness. That's where I need your presence constantly to tell me a life of worship. Church, you live that life honestly. Your duty is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your... The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And that's your worship. That's my worship. In my weaknesses and failures, I still come to the living God and worship. Because you know why? That's my life. That's my worship. You want to know God? Live that life of worship. And if you know God, make sure you live that out. Number two, whenever I struggle in this area, besides living a life of worship, in order to let the world know I know Jesus much and I love Him, is my area of service. You know, lately I've been, God has been leading me to chaplaincy. I've gone to nursing homes and we have been invited do you know how many of you travel in and out of Melbourne? Do you know Melbourne Airport has a chaplain? Don't know, huh? A chaplain. And I have, me and my wife have been invited by them 
to come and see if we can help in the chaplaincy in Melbourne International Airport. And then I thought with my wife, hey Lord, go airport, we can help. Go airport, come back home. People thought I'm traveling. No, I just go airport, come back home. During COVID, lots of people didn't know what to do. This chaplain would walk with them, help them, pray for them, and then he get people right back and said, thank you. I was in my most difficult moment. The chaplaincy there is to help people in crisis. When I was flying off to Singapore on my last trip, the chaplain came and talked with us and sat down. And he said, during COVID, people were trapped at the airport, can't fly, airline shut down, no hotel, nowhere. And he showed the love of God in a practical and tangible way to people who are not Christians. And I thought, I never saw it that way. I only saw it in church. Then I realized, maybe we are missing the mark. God is out there. Hallelujah. Maybe God is out there looking for you and I to do that work there. Pray for us. It's not a paid it's not a paid job. I always, my wife says, you always work FOC, free of charge. I just want to, I just have a life. I want to serve, friend. I just want to serve. I have, I thank God I have a good mind. I have good brains. I still are sound, not unsound, still sound, got sound inside. I want to serve. I'll do anything. Plus, I have got good experience. I've got knowledge. I can articulate. I can read. I can comprehend. I can share things. I want to serve God. Any and everywhere. Lord, I want to be like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. I serve you, Lord. I serve from the lowest to whatever you take me, Lord. Because I want to know you. And in serving God, I know the heart of God better. Do you know, our King, our God, our Lord of Lords came down to what? To serve. I serve you. I didn't come to be served. I want to serve you. I'll walk with you. I'll pray with you. I'll do anything you want. I want to serve you. And the cry of my heart from the day I went to Bible school in 1978, Lord, I want to serve you. I can serve you. As long as you breathe life in me, I'll serve you. As long as you allow this head to function, this CPU still good, I will serve you, Lord. Because why? That alone will tell the world how worthy God is to me. I want to serve. You know, you got so much to serve in church. I get offended when I hear people say, I got no time. You got no time. I always have people, you take time to make time, you have time. Time is in yours. Don't tell me you got no time. I will serve God. My wife and I, I thank God she's got a second lease of life and she wants to serve and we serve together as a, as a couple. Serve. In serving, I don't only leave a word, I leave a legacy in people's life. I leave the most powerful gift any father and mother could give to their children is the legacy of your life. I serve God. I want to serve. Sometimes I'm tired. I'm only 27 years now, but sometimes I get very tired. I, some, I really, there are some days I tell my and I'm going to get up and go. 
And some days I, I get a bit of osteoarthritis. I can't move my hand. I really can't move. For days I can't even move my hand. So painful. But yet, I will go and do. You know? In the doing, I forget the pain. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe that's the best medicine. Eh? I said, if I go out and do, then once I start talking, Hallelujah. The power of God is with me. Nothing. No, no pain ready. Then when I come back, well, you have pain. No? That pain. Maybe our bodies were made to serve God. Maybe our whole system needs to be locked in with God and then flow with Him. That I want to serve. Church, you're young. Give the best years of your life serving God. Serve the church. The best place to start serving is the church. If you don't serve the church, where can you serve? The best place to learn to love somebody is your family. If you can't love your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sister, you can't love anybody. Learn to serve. I will, I'm conscious that my life is a worship. And in order for that worship to become practical, I open the channel of service. Worship can be very what isolated. Me and God like a Pharisee. Pharisees pray a lot, but they do nothing. They make people do. But maybe in that worship, there's an application called service. I serve you, Lord. And in that service, it's a learning process. Learning the, the patience of God. Learning endurance. Learning all the gifts and the talents that God wants you to learn. is to serve. Make this year a year of serving God. Give your best, friend. You never know. I think of young people dying. I think of the helicopter crash in Gold Coast. You don't know when your life ends, friend. You don't know when. Many years ago, I was driving to a camp. I was speaking in Malaysia. Camp, they call it Genting. I'm not going to the casino, huh? but I was going out Genting. Me and my eldest boy, Leroy. As I crossed the light, there was a massive earthquake. The whole building came down. 200 over people died. And I turned around on the road and I couldn't go back. And I, and I, said, I said, it just, just, like, just missed me. I'm the last car out. 200 people died. They were up gambling or doing whatever they want. Little did they know the end was up. As long as I have breath, I have life. I want to serve God. I live as a worshiper. I live my life to give service unto God. Number three, which is the most in-building one, is I learn to live by the Word. Listen, I don't live by man's opinion, not man's pattern. I learn to live by the Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of the Lord. This is my life. This is my manual, my manifesto. This is my what, uh, work profile. The Word of God. Read the Word. Don't only listen to people. Good, read. I know there's a lot of podcasts, iCast, DCast, all the casts you have. But what about reading the Word your own? How many of you, honestly, take your love letter, ask your friend to read for you? You ever? If you need reading, you bring to me. I edit also for you. 
but read the word. The word must be right in the front of you. That's what the Jewish children are taught. The word of God before you. Because this word describes my job description. This word tells me the destination I have to go. This word tells me what God wants me to do. I live my life. If I live, if Christ is worthy, then His word is worthy. Amen? He's worthy. I, I've studied from 78. I've read the Bible. I don't know how many times. Still I'm learning. Still I'm picking up new lessons. Still I am in hunger of digging into the depths to take out the nuggets of gold that God has for me. Read the Word. Be a man and a woman that follows the Word of God. Amen, church? The Word of God. His Word is my life. His Word is my direction. His Word is my strength. And then you will live a life that the world will see Jesus is truly worthy to you. Amen? You're worthy of Him. You love Him. You worship Him. You serve Him. You read His Word. Because there's so many things out there to rob you of your time with God. Amen? So many times. And I always hear people say, I'll read tomorrow. Then when tomorrow comes, I read tonight. Then tonight comes, it's tired tomorrow. Tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, tonight, tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow. The day will come. And then, no more day, no more night. The Bible says, no more day, no more night. How to give excuse now? Matia. <laughs> no, seriously. No more day. The day the Lord comes, all stops still. Make it your heart's desire, Lord. I want to live this year to show the world how worthy you are to me. Can you do that? Would you do that? It's for your own benefit. Not for me, not for Pastor Agus. Your own benefit, your own life. That when you come to church, you bring a newness of life that is contagious, touches other people, share. When you speak, it becomes so contagious, it becomes so powerful that lives are changed. Hallelujah. Love you guys. I pray and ask God that this year would be your most fruitful year in the things of God. I don't, I don't pray for prosperity of this world. I pray for prosperity of your soul, that you will love God. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you saw us worthy to die for us, Lord. Even though we were sinners, Lord, from heaven you saw the worthiness in our lives, Lord. You came, you suffered, you were battered and bruised. You hung on that cross. You died, Lord, for us, Lord, because you saw how worthy we are to you, Lord. And you promised us you'll come back for us again, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, that in that same heart like yours, that they would see how worthy you are to them, Lord what you did for us, what you sacrificed, what you stood for us, Lord. You were not afraid to die for us. You were not afraid to make that stand to declare that we are your children, Lord. Bless our hearts, Lord. May we learn to know you more this year, Lord. 
May we learn to know you more, Lord. Know your heart. Know your spirit. Know your will. I ask for your richest anointing and blessings upon each one of us, Lord, through this year. That our lives will be a glory unto you. In your name I pray. Amen.